He went back to the house where the front door was already open to admit Lady Ambermere, who was telling her people when to come back for her, and fled with the heels of his slippers tapping on the oak stairs up to Hamlet. Softly he shut out the dark spirits from Madras and made himself even more secure by turning the key in his door. It would never do to appear as a high-caste Brahmin from Benares before anyone who knew India with such fatal intimacy, or he might not entirely correspond with her preconceived notions of such a person. Lady Ambermere's arrival was soon followed by that of other guests, and instead of going into the special tent reserved for the lions, she took up a commanding position in the middle of the lawn, where she could examine everybody through her tortoiseshell-handled lorgnette. She kept Peppino by her, who darted forward to shake hands with his wife's guests, and then darted back again to her. Poor Miss Lyle stood behind her chair, and from time to time, as ordered, gave her a cape, or put up her parasol, or adjusted her footstool for her, or took up Pug, or put him down as her patroness required. Most of the time Lady Ambermere kept up a majestic monologue. You have a pretty little garden here, Mr. Lucas, she said, though perhaps inconveniently small. Your croquet lawn does not look to me the full size, and then there is no tennis court. But I think you have a little strip of grass somewhere which you use for bowls, have you not? Presently I will walk round with you and see your domain. Put Pug down again, Miss Lyle, and let him run about. See, he wants to play with one of those croquet balls. Put it in motion for him, and he will run with it. Bless me, who is that coming up the path at such a tremendous speed in a bath-chair? Oh, I see, it is Mrs. Weston. She should not go as fast as that. If Pug was to stray onto the path, he would be run over. Better pick up Pug again, Miss Lyle, till she is gone by. And here is Colonel Boucher. If he had brought his bulldogs, I should have asked him to take them away again. I should like a cup of tea, Miss Lyle, with plenty of milk in it, and not too strong. You know how I like my tea, and a biscuit or something for Pug, with a little cream in a saucer, or anything that's handy. Won't you come into the smoking parlour and have tea there, Lady Ambermere? asked Peppino. The smoking parlour? asked she. How very strange to lay tea in a smoking room. Peppino explained that nobody had in all probability used the smoking parlour to smoke in for five or six years. Oh, if that is so, I'll come, she said. Better bring Pug along too, Miss Lyle. There is a croquet hoop. I'm glad I saw it, or I should have stumbled over it, perhaps. Oh, this is the smoking parlour, is it? Why do you have rushes on the floor? Put Pug in a chair, Miss Lyle, or he may prick his paws. Books, too, I see. That one lying open is an old one. It's Latin poetry. The library at the hall is very famous for its classic literature. The first Viscount collected it, and it numbers many thousands of volumes. Indeed, it is a most wonderful library, said Peppino. I can never tear myself away from it when I'm at the hall. 